Inside every one of us, deep in the soul, are the dreams we have for ourselves. Dreams of what might be, of what we might become, and how we might change the world by changing ourselves. You can achieve whatever you can dream. All it takes is a plan and the right teacher. Welcome to Success Left a Clue, the inspiring podcast from Robert Raymond Riopelle, who has traveled the world for over 15 years, unlocking the dreams we all have. And now, here's Robert. Welcome, everybody, to Success Left a Clue, episode number 26. And what an amazing episode this is going to be, because today I have a special guest. This gentleman is like, how do I describe him? Years ago, I gave him the nickname The Quantum Monk. And the reason I nicknamed him that is because not only does he study quantum physics, and that was his kind of field of training, but he also became a monk for eight years and actually did over 15,000 hours, 15,000 hours of silent meditation. And from that meditation, he came up with some brilliant, amazing ways of looking at life. And I am just so excited to get him on this podcast because of that insight, we're going to go through something called the chaos modules. So this gentleman, we did the call via phone. So you're going to notice a little bit difference in the sound, but I'm going to let you know it's got to be a two-part series because the information was so amazing, so profound. It took us well over an hour to record it. So I decided to break it down into two bite-sized chunks and do it in two episodes. So for episode number 26, we're going to dive in. And I want to welcome to the show, the one and only Mr. Greg Montana. Let's get right into this, shall we? Oh, Greg, thank you for being here. So I understand you were sitting in California at your home and you just were outside and you're hot and because you've been doing a lot of hard work. So what kind of day are you having? It's gorgeous, you know. I mean, outside it's like 75 degrees. I like doing my workouts outside. We have so many properties that I can always go and trim something or clean something up. or, And that's my workout. I like getting my hands in the in the earth. <laughs> Just being grounded. Is that what you're saying? Oh, man, love being outside. So, um, so thank you for asking. And I know outside for you, it's delightful right now, isn't it? <laughs> well, it actually has warmed up. It is only minus 8. Celsius right now. It's only, and you know you're Canadian when you say only minus eight. It's almost t-shirt wow. for me right now. Considering it, I you know, we're down as we're down as low as like minus thirty the last few days with wind chill in the minus forties and fifties. And and kind of to bring this to kind of tie together, people from the U.S. they go that work with Fahrenheit. They go, well, how cold is minus forty? And I say easy. At minus forty, Fahrenheit and Celsius match. It's cold. Let's just say it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Now, when you step out the door, can you see over the snow banks yet? Well, yes, we can still <laughs> see. We, we're not getting that much snow, but it's all good. It's all good. Hey, oh, you man. know, You know, people wear, people wear down jackets here when it hits 55 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> Plus 55, yes. <laughs> oh, man. You know, so I, I want to thank you for agreeing to do this podcast with me. And here's the thing is you and I are recording it right now. And what, depending on what people are listening to the replays, what they may not realize is that last night we actually did a webinar on the same topic, which really spurred me to want to be able to do this 
podcast because I believe the information that you have to share is that important that the world needs it. So for those of you listening right now, Greg and I are actually on a phone recording the call. And so that might be why the quality is a little bit different. But as I've told you in other podcasts, here's what I love the saying that comes from a mentor of mine that says, don't get good, get done. So I'm not worried about this being perfect because if you're listening for the quality to be the best, you're missing the point of what we're about to teach you. So don't get good, get done. We're getting done. And remember, I turned that into a clue by adding to his nice, you know, empowering statement. He says, don't get good, get done. And then I added, by getting done, you're going to get good. And that's what this is about. Did you like that, Greg? (laughs) I like it. I like it a lot. That's good. I've got you on the phone, and I want to maximize my time with you because the people listening to this podcast, they are about to be blown away. You know, no matter what I could say to build you up for the knowledge that you have would not do justice. There's a reason I call you the quantum monk because just the side of spirituality that you have and then mixing it with quantum physics to back up all the stuff you're talking about is awesome. And the information that we're going to talk about now is on what you call your quantum, I want to go right back to quantum, your chaos modules. And last night, you know, it's funny, you and I are having the webinar. My business partner was monitoring it. And after the end, he's like, oh, my goodness, he was talking to me. It's like he was talking directly to me. I know he wasn't talking just to me, but it was like he was talking to me. And that's like right now I've already got the goosebumps. So I want to dive into this. And first question I'm going to ask you is, most people think they have to avoid chaos. But can we avoid chaos in our life? Well, the the reason this module is so powerful is I think it gives people a sense of of just well-being and control over some things that they never have. Chaos is something that everybody historically resists and pushes back and says, this shouldn't be happening to me. It should be the way I expect. But by the end of this call, you're going to find that that is very different and that chaos is actually a beautiful force of nature and it's a really powerful, it's not a man-made force like time or, you know, a lot of the energies that we've created. It's actually something that's been around since the beginning of time and chaos ensures our personal evolution and that our purpose is manifest in the world. So that's what we're going to experience if we can embrace chaos. Mm. So don't... Um, resist, but embrace. Embrace, not only embrace it, but, you know, we had a lot of fun last night talking about ride it like a wild wave and just realize, you know, like a surfer, surfer goes out and all of a sudden he finds himself on a 70 foot wave and he's like, oh my God, this is better than anything I've ever done. Oh, and I hope I survive it. Right. So uh, the good thing about chaos is it is committed to your evolution, but not your destruction. So it will definitely, if we cooperate with it, catapult us forward on that wild ride on that wave. And that's exactly it because that, that's, and I learned that from you, is that chaos, the reason it's there is to force us to evolve, to force us to evolve. And yet we are conditioned to resist it so much. And when I talk about success left a clue, that's why I say, or I love how you said, embrace it, embrace the chaos because we're not going to get rid of it as people will discover as we talk. So what I want to do is I'm going to start this off, and I want everybody on this listening to the podcast right now to actually visualize. You know, we talk about that everything in this universe is energy, and quantum physics can back that up. 
energy travels in frequencies and vibrations. So I want you listening to picture a vibration, an energy wave that goes up, curves down, and starts curving back up. And now through the center of that, going from left to right, I want you to draw a straight line that kind of cuts it in half. So half, you've got half, a wave up that goes above the line, and then as it curves down, you have a wave that goes under the line. And on this line, I want you to put some numbers. There's a one. You're kind of like right at the beginning. The wave's about to go up. It's starting on an upward trajectory. A two is right at the very top, the peak of that wave. And as the wave starts going down, picture in a three, a four, and a five on that down swerve from when it, the three is still is starting to go down, the four's about at the center line, the five's above the center line on that down trajectory. And then right at the bottom curve where the wave decides to start coming back up, there's a six. And then halfway up, that curve upwards towards the center line is a seven. Greg, you call this the cycle of life. Now, why is it important I start with this for people to actually see this one, two, three, four, five, six, seven on this, the two curves? What do you want people to do with that, first of all? Well, what this is going to do is give them something really useful. So it's fun to understand chaos, but we want to be able to use it personally in our lives. And this one, you know, when you look at the upswing, the one and the two at the top, and then three, four, five coming down, and then six at the bottom, and then seven coming up, which of course leads into one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and it just keeps repeating itself. So when we're at the peak, we're at a two. When we're at the bottom, we're at a six. So where are you? We want to find out, you know, if you were to look at your life, are you on, are you feeling like you're on an upswing, that things are, you're about to reach a peak? Do you feel like you're at a peak right now? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you're sort of, you know, things are, are, are sort of getting a little bit testy and they're getting really complicated and you're a little frustrated lately? That would be three, four, five, depending on how frustrating you get. But really frustrated would be a five. Are you in complete chaos, which is like a six? Or are you at the bottom? Or are you coming on an upswing, which is like a seven? And so just pick a number. And they don't have to know the meaning behind it. It's just right now at this moment, when you're listening to this, what do you feel like your, your energy is right now? Are you on that upswing, that downswing, that bot? So just like Greg described, choose a number and then put it aside. Excellent. So that's, you call that the cycle of life. And so one of the things in your chaos modules is you talk about four different distinct pieces that people go through or energies that they'll transition through. And the first one that you talk about is something called listening. Can you tell us what that is? What is that? Right. So we're going to take a little tangent and then we're going to come back to that cycle of life, which is that sine wave. So there are four things. So here's our tangent. Just we're going to take a little detour now. Ready? Go. So we have the first phase that people you know, experience, it's kind of like at the beginning of life, we're a child and we listen and we're exploring and we're curious and we're two years old and we're like, we're into everything, right? And so the listening phase is when we're actually curious and exploring, we're creating, we're having this, um, this, uh, this planning and and talking about possibilities and infinite, uh, you know, um, ways that things could go. That's the listening phase. Okay, great. And, and why it, is listening important? Well, it, it is when it's in the right phase. You know, there's a time, <clears throat> excuse me, to get busy and, and get busy doing things and put your blinders on and stay focused and don't let anything distract you. But there's a time for listening. And listening is important because if we're not receptive to 
the dance with nature or with our partners or with our business, if we don't dance, which is, you know, it takes focus, plus it takes being receptive and seeing where things are wanting to go, uh, listening is the way we can keep our feelers open for am, am I headed in the right direction? Because I'm sure everybody on the line has been in a situation where, you know, you put your blinders on and you said, you know what, I'm just going to get to the end of this thing. And, you know, you didn't, uh, you didn't stay a little peripheral when you needed to and things perhaps blew up. So listening is something we always want to stay a little receptive. But in the first phase called listening, this is a place where we throw out all the things that we know and we start exploring new possibilities. And it's one of the most um, fun phases for people but it's actually the beginning of a new cycle that we're going to explore here. And so, yeah, and on your cycle of evolution, you say, have the words curious, interested. And so that's what you're in in this phase. And then you talked about just now exploration. So last night you used a beautiful example of a new car. Can you, can you give us that example of how you're tying that into the listening phase of it? Right. Well, or, say, or say you're used to like a relationship, car or relationship, either one. <laughs> Okay, well, we'll take both real quick. So, you know, if we're driving a bus and we're saying, you know, I'm sick of driving this bus. I want to do something different. And then you look out the window and you look at a car and you say, wow, maybe I could own a car. Now, I want you to hear the opening in that. There's the curio. I, I wonder what I wonder what car I would buy. I wonder what, uh, where would I go to buy a car? And, and uh, would it be a sedan? Would it be a minivan? What, what kind of car would it be? So this is the listening phase, the exploring phase. Or we meet a person. You know, you go out to, a, to watch the Super Bowl and you're, you're you know, sitting there. You look across the room and there's somebody that strikes your eye and you're like, wow, I wonder who that is. And you walk over and say, hi, I'm uh, Greg. What's your name? And they say, well, I'm so on and so forth. And, you know, it's like, what's your favorite color? And can I buy you a drink? And what's your favorite drink? And so this is the exploring phase in relationships. And anything that we start out doing, we're always going to start with that listening phase. Perfect. And, and that's exactly, you know, and everybody, you're going to always go through, and it's something we talked about on the, on the webinar itself, is that different areas of your life, you can be in different phases. But the listening phase is kind of, I, I almost call it, I know it's not the beginning, because I know they all tie and go around and around and around, but my mind says it's kind of like the beginning. Before you can do anything else, you do have to listen. Would, would you agree with that, or am I kind of off the mark? Well, it depends, you know, again, it depends on the phase. If you don't listen, you're not going to have as much information. And if you listen too much, you know, there's a time to focus because if you're listening throughout all the things that you're creating, you can get caught on so many different tangents. People can sway you in one direction or another. So in the listening phase, this is actually the phase, if you were to take on a project, a relationship, or buy a car, this is just the appropriate time for actually doing your exploration, for being curious and interested and gathering your information. Excellent. And so when I'm looking at your, just that cycle of evolution, so from listening, you got that curiosity, you're interested, you're getting into exploration, and that now leads to the second kind of phase or the second module, which is called awakening. And I love how you say that's like the aha moment, or I call it the one-handed clap, where you've got that palm of your hand and it comes up and you tap yourself on the forehead like, Oh my goodness, why didn't I see that before? So tell us all about the awakening part, the awakening um, a module. Well, if you think about it, why are you listening? Why are you talking to this person? Why are you exploring to have a new car? You want to find that confidence moment, that moment with the, with the light, where the light bulb goes off. 
And so you're like, hey, can I buy you a drink? And, you know, uh, what's your favorite uh, flavor ice cream? And where do you like to go? And all of a sudden, if enough variables line up because of the listening, you have this flash of insight. It's like, yes, it's that yes moment. Yes, this is the person. This could be the person. Hey, can I take you to dinner? Um, wow, maybe that's the car. That's the car. It's got the right mileage. It's got the right color. It's, it's like the price is right. It's that moment of like, bam, that's it. That's it. So you can see that you're listening. All of a sudden is captured by like a, a moment. It's like a cat sees a mouse and says, there it is. So that's the awakening moment. It's a moment of aha. It's both of them a moment where everything focuses on one point and opens up because now you know exactly like this is the thing. It's where the vision crystallizes, so to speak. Excellent. And as you're seeing that vision crystallizing, as an example, and you're getting that absolute awakening, you talk about um, you also start to evaluate. What, what does that mean you start to evaluate? Well, um, once we've, you know, we, once we basically say, that's the car I want, that's it. Now we got to do some, um, you know, some research and find out, okay, how am I going to afford this? You know, it's funny, like Tamara and I, I, I took her out to buy a car. She's used to buying a BMW, but frankly, I don't like the ride of the BMW and all. So I was looking for something a little more luxurious. So I took her out to see a Cadillac ATS. She gets in the thing, the guy starts the car up. She looks at the dashboard and says, oh my God, this is my car. Because she loved the blue lights on the dashboard. That's how she made her decision. She had that aha moment. And I'm sitting here going, you and I while, the, while we're sitting in the car going on our test drive, I turned to her and I said, do you realize that we are going to have real trouble negotiating the price on this car because of how excited you are right now with this guy sitting in the back seat? And so, you know, that evaluation period is where it's like, you know, can we get, you know, all right, what's the price of the car? Can I afford the car? Um, is this the right person? So you want to let me take you on a date and, you know, you see if they show up, whether they've showered or not, or whether they show up, you know, and they've got fluorescent uh, lipstick or, you know, and, and you want to go through that evaluation phase. So, so, you know, and, and, and in everything where we're listening, we're, we hopefully, the reason we're listening is because we want to have that aha moment. And that's the thing I think that most people are addicted to. They're like, yes, that gestalt moment. I've got it. Yes. And so that evaluation is to make sure this is worth my commitment. This is something that now that I've actually had a, an aha moment, is this something I really want to say, this is something I'm going to do long term? Because it's, it's easy for people to say, hey, this is great, and that's great. And it's like, but how many calories are in this thing? And, you know, what's it going to cost? And how long does it last if I sign on the bottom line? And can I get out of this contract if I need to? So that's what the evaluation period is about. And, you know, and I, I laugh because knowing you and Tamara so well and loving who you guys are as a couple, as people, as individuals, I was so full on picturing her seeing those blue lights and seeing that oh, moment happening for her because that's how, like, so in the moment and present she is. When she sees something she likes, you're right. She has that awakening, and people around her experience it. Because she doesn't, it's one of the clues I give people. One of the greatest things you can, in my opinion, that you can do on this planet to better the planet is to be authentic. And, you know, you and Tamara are two of the most authentic people I know. And that's one of the things, again, that attracts Roxanne and myself to you is because we know, you, you know how Tamara's feeling. 
You know if something she sees something she likes, you know she likes it. There's no poker face. There's no hiding it. And you know if she's nope. upset, she's upset. And that, that is so cool because how many people don't allow themselves to live in that kind of an energy? They think they have to put up mm-hmm. a false face. And so, you know, kind of it was offside topic. But, man, you, I just so clearly saw an awakening with her with those blue lights on the dash. <laughs> right. And Love once it. you have that awakening, you know, you want to evaluate it. So here I am. I'm going, Tamara, what are you doing? You know, but she's Tamara. She's gonna, if she's excited, she's going to be authentically excited, like you said. So, yeah. Uh, so, so, so once you've got that awakening and you, and you evaluate, is this the right thing for me? And you've decided and you come to that conclusion because you got all your ducks in a row. You know, it's something you can afford. It's something that you're committed to. It's something that you want to put your time and energy into. That leads us to the next phase which happens to be something called, uh, I believe, knowing. So knowing, tell, yes. Tell this is where knowing. we have, it, it is, this is the phase where we're in our confidence. We've got the conclusion. We've got expectations. We are lead, This is like, okay, this is where we do put our blinders on. So our listening has led us to an awakening. Our, our awakening, through awakening, we go through an evaluation. And once we've said, okay, that's it, you sign on the bottom line. And then you're, you drive out with your new car. So now you're in your confidence and you're going to make sure, you know, all right, I'm going to get tune-ups at the right time. I'm going to keep putting gas in and everything. So this is where you're in the phase where you're just like knowing. You're like confident, knowing, conclusion, expectation. This is the way it's going to be. And it's going to be that way, whether it's, you know, for if you're in a three-year lease, it's like it's going to be that way for that period and that's it. Or if you say, you know, I'm going to buy this car. This is the car I'm planning to drive for the next 10 years. That's where you've got your plan. And, and you're not open to having something come and distract you from that. You're not inter-listening after you've signed on the bottom line. Once you sign for a brand new car, do you go out looking for another car? Do you go shopping again? Once you've, you know, once you've been out on your third or fourth date and you say to someone, hey, you know, this is, this is feeling good to me, do you go out and start dating other people? No, this is where you close off your possibilities. You close down your listening. You basically realize that you're going to make use of your awakening, and now you're committing, and you're in your knowing, and you're there. Okay, but great. You know, that, I'm your friend, and that person just isn't right for you. Why don't you see that? How does right. that tie into the And moment? when we're – right. So, and, and have you ever noticed, it's like when we do have that moment, so in the relationship, let's say, we go out to a few dinners, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, my God, this is the person that I could marry. And when you basically get together with them and the two of you say, that's it, we're going to be together. You're my soulmate. We're going to be together forever. And then you tell all your friends and your friends are going, are you sure? What, what's our response? Oh, uh, tell me why. What do you think? Maybe you're right. No, our response isn't like that at all. We're constantly saying, you know what? This is, is the person I'm going to marry. And you either stand by me and you can come to the wedding. But if not, you know what? You know, you can you can go do something else because this is the choice I've made, and the only people I want at the wedding are people that want to be there and want to support us in a relationship. So we literally, when we're in that knowing phase, we will eliminate all the other possibilities. We'll cut things out that aren't what we expect. We'll blame or push away people that aren't in alignment with our plan. And so... With the car, you know, we're in our knowing phase and we're like, we're driving the car. I'm going to drive this car for 10 years. 
but then maybe it breaks down a couple times after five years, and we're like, damn, you know, this is wrong. This shouldn't be happening. This car was supposed to last me 10 years. I got to go get an expensive repair. So notice how we respond when we're in our knowing to something that's a new possibility. Very different than when we're in our listening. Because when we're in our listening, we want as many possibilities as, as, as we want all the data we can get. When we're in our knowing, we want things to go exactly as we expect. So we draw conclusions. We have expectations. Exactly. And we're not particularly open to, to new possibilities, and we're not particularly open to, um, uh, to changes right. on any and, level. And, and, of course, because the universe, as you said, it's about helping us evolve. That's what it does. So also from that knowing phase, we start to experience some confusion. And that confusion is because things, if I'm understanding you correct, is because things aren't going exactly as you planned, exactly as you expected based on the conclusions you drew. Am I on the right track with that? Right. Okay. Yes. And then because think about it. We as human beings, we aren't committed. We say, oh, I'm committed to my evolution, but I want it to be easy. And I don't want to go broke, and I don't want to take too many risks, and I right. So we so we're basically pretty lazy about our evolution. We're not really going to say, you know what, I'm going to sign up for this workshop, and I'm going to that one. I'm going to go bungee jumping, skydiving, and I'm going to see what I, if I'm good at singing. And I, I mean, we'll basically get into our comfort zone, that that little comfort zone, and we will stay there as long as we can. We you know we've earned, we're earning the income and everything's sliding along and then we get and it's almost like a slightly boring phase. It's like you know we're in our zone and everything's going well and we're happy because nothing's disrupting us because our knowing is happening as we expected and we're feeling a little godlike. It's like all right, I had my plan and I implemented my plan and all the forces of nature are cooperating with me and so I got my little plan and my little plan's got me on my little path and everything's going nice and smooth and so. But keep in mind, there is a force of nature. And by the way, this is called entropy. Entropy is defined as the disorder that will enter a closed system. So nature has created some force, just like gravity, just like, you know, lightning bolts or whatever. And this force of nature will actually set up craziness in a system that is stuck. It'll break it open. It'll force it to evolve. And we know this. I learned this in thermodynamics class in college, that this, this entropy is something that scientists actually have a formula for that they can predict when a system is going to go into this entropic phase because if there's so many consonants and not enough variables to allow for evolution and we've closed things down, and I'll give you a perfect example. Remember, if you remember the biosphere, it was an experiment, I believe, in the 80s where they had a whole bunch of people that got into this dome and they were going to live in there for like three years. And they, had, they were going to recycle all their, you know, their waste and they were going to grow plants and they were going to recycle their oxygen with you know, greenery. And, and, they were going to, and this whole thing was a closed system. And the, the, the biologists said, yep, all right, we've got it down. The scientists said, this is going to fail within nine months. Because the number of variables you have is minimized, therefore entropy will attack your system within, within a specific amount of time, which is going to be nine months. And that's exactly what happened. Entropy entered the biosphere. They started seeing bacteria and viruses they had never seen before. And the whole system broke down. And now they were worried, how do we open this thing? We're going to let out bacteria we haven't seen before. But they figured out, how to, you know, they introduced some outside 
influence, and, and uh, they were willing to evolve, and everything worked out. So wow. we were talking about the listening phase, the awakening phase, and the knowing phase. Now, when you're in your knowing, are you willing to listen? Are you willing to evolve? It's seven years into your 10-year you know, automobile contract that you had with the universe that this car is going to last you 10 years, but you know, the universe has something more for you. It's got its own plan for how you're going to evolve. Are you open to that? Most people are not. Right, and, and so that's this why is why resist. we say, say, say again. That's why we resist instead of embracing, because the next um, part of the module, this fourth module, is something called what? Chaos. Yeah, and that is the purpose. The purpose of entropy, which is it's this chaos, which actually forces us to evolve. Now, wouldn't you agree, everyone that's on the line listening here? Isn't it true that after something? terrible happened. Maybe you lost your house. Maybe someone died. But the, the fact is, regardless of what it was that broke into your knowing and your routine and everything that should have been going one way, you learned something you would not have learned if that chaos did not come into your life. You, you had to start on a new path of evolution. You opened your eyes anew. And that's the brilliance of chaos. When we are in our knowing and our blinders are on and we're and it's wonderful that we're in that confidence and we're creating and we're 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 working along in a zone, but if we're stuck in it, if we're getting bored, if we're getting complacent, then that knowing is going to draw entropy or chaos so that so that we can evolve and the evolution, and this is why we call it the cycle of life, is going to be to go right back to listening, right? When things are in chaos, we're like, oh, my God, I wasn't expecting this. What the hell's wrong? But then the immediate thing is, okay, how am I going to deal with this? New parameters. What am I going to do? So we're listening again. We have a new awakening. We have a new knowing. We get stuck in our knowing. Chaos comes along, breaks us out of our knowing. And, and basically now, instead of us being on our little plan of living safely in mediocrity and status quo, now we're in the universe has got us on a beautiful plan of self-actualization and evolution. And that's the brilliance and beauty of chaos. Now, if you know it's coming, if you learn enough times, and most people suspect it, if you're in your knowing and you see this thing coming, the thing you can do is you can volunteer for okay, a little so bit I'm of gonna, chaos. Right, and so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause you on that because we're going to go deeper on that in a moment. So on chaos, you're in desperation, you're in disorientation, you have craziness going on, and you talk about this is the time to surrender your knowing, just to realize that, you know what, this is natural. Because if people, and, and I think you told me this earlier, that when people, the, one of the reasons they struggle and they resist is because they try to go from knowing right to listening, and they think they can avoid chaos. And you're never going to avoid chaos. Am I correct on that? Well, yeah, the brilliance of chaos is it, it, it shows us something about ourselves, makes us believe in ourselves in a way that we might not even know. And it does it on a huge scale. I'll give you an example of where chaos shows up out in nature. Uh, a giant forest fire. What does it do? It takes this canopy of, say, pine trees, a forest that's virtually stuck 
It's just a pine forest. Why? Because the trees grew up with other vegetation, but the, the pine trees grew up taller than everything. They formed a canopy. Everything else down there got no sunlight. It all died. And now you've got this very stuck forest that has relatively little wildlife in it because, you know, uh, you need a variety of plants to support a variety of wildlife. And if it's starting, all the trees are starting to die all of a sudden, forest fire, right? Burns everything to the ground, makes everything incredibly fertile. The next rain that comes through, there are even plants that have a fireproof seed that is not waterproof or a waterproof seed that's not fireproof. So what happens is a forest fire comes through and the seeds have been sitting there for years. The fire burns the shell off and the next time the, the, the rain comes, it actually germinates. That is brilliant cooperation with chaos. It yeah. actually plans for a forest fire. So we have forest fires, we have hurricanes, floods, tsunamis, every one of these things force every creature that experiences it to reinvent itself, Re reinvent itself. This is why every animal has adapted to its environment is because of chaos. The chaos keeps it from just being, you know, like a jellyfish, right? It's got to, all right, I got to need claws, I need legs, I need, I got to, you know, form this, this whole body over millions of years. And that's all because of chaos. So chaos ensures yeah, you just Again? described you just described the evolution of man, basically, for those who believe in the evolution that we started as a tadpole. <laughs> exactly. Well, and and where are we headed? Where we're headed is to self-actualization. Yeah. Which, as you know from the work that you know, the, the, all the work I do, whether it's heart virtues, whether it's the, the chaos model, it's all to get to the top of that pyramid of self-actualization. And so, when we can actually, you know, volunteer for the chaos. And, 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 and say, you know what, I want to find out who I really am. So I'm going to step out of my known environment and cooperate with the chaos and get back to listening. And, you know, we were talking about a relationship. I'll give you an example of what chaos looks like in a relationship. You know, you meet somebody, oh, what's your favorite flavor ice cream? Oh, my gosh, mine too. Oh, that's great. Let's go out to dinner. Oh, that's terrific. Go out three or four times. Oh, my gosh, this could be the one. Hey, mom, this could be the one. I think I met the girl I'm going to marry. And then, you know, will you marry me? She says, yes. All of a sudden, awakening. And then you're like, this is it. This is my wife. We're in our knowing. We're going to plan the wedding. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And then we're going to go on a honeymoon and everything's going to go. And then we're going to get together and we're going to live happily ever after. Now, for almost everyone I know, you come back from the honeymoon and you get settled in and all of a sudden something starts happening. It's kind of like, wait a minute. She leaves her towel on the bed and she's all pissed off that he's got his toothbrush on the counter. And like, this isn't what I was expecting. And there's an adjustment for newlyweds. And so they've got their knowing, but, you know, it's fresh and new. So they kind of naturally take that chaos and they say, well, I love this person, which is a really good thing to notice, that love is a great tool to take with you into chaos, to mm. get through it. And you start, you start listening to the person say, okay, listen, um, let's do something. Let's come up with something new. How about we explore some options? I'll put my toothbrush away if you put your towel away. You know, start negotiating, whatever's going to happen. So now we're going through listening again. And, you know, maybe you go through an awakening and knowing and you get stuck in your knowing and you're fighting with your spouse. You go see a therapist. What does the therapist make you do? They say, well, let me help you. Let me teach you a listening technique. Let me help you communicate. And then you have an awakening and you say, really, that's what you were thinking? I didn't know that. My God, I haven't been listening. Oh, thank you, dear. Thank you for coming to the therapist. This is so wonderful. And then you get in your knowing. Anytime we have a problem, we're going to go see the therapist, right? And then all of a sudden she comes in the door and says, uh, honey, I'm pregnant. Total chaos. Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Listening, 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 listening. You know, we gotta, what do we do? I'm going I'm to be a father. What does that mean? Oh, let me go talk to my friends. Let me call my dad. You know, then you go into your awakening 
I'm going to be a father. My wife's pregnant. The baby's healthy. This is great, you know. And then and you've learned, and then you go and you're going to learn how to how to diet. We're going to get the diapers. We're going to paint the room blue, you know. Breathe, breathe, breathe. You practice everything, right? And then all of a sudden, she has the baby. And and is it what you expect? For anyone that's had kids, they know having a child is not what you expect. It's something completely different. So that, and there's nothing you can say to somebody that's you know just had a baby about what they're going to be going through next. Total chaos. And then you say, oh, my gosh, what do I do? So you call your mom and say, what do I do with this? Calyx, whatever, you know, you got all this, all this stuff that happens, the diapers, and how come the poop stinks so bad? You look at all this stuff. And you go through awakening, and then you get back into your knowing, and you're like, okay, I can be a parent. This is great. Then they hit their teens, chaos, right? So you get the, you get the picture. I do, and, and you know, I, I what was going through in my head is how, you know, it's like the, the woman going through the pregnancy or the birth, I'm never gonna do this again. Why did I do this? And all of a sudden, six months later, they're going, "Honey, I'd like another child." <laughs> right, it, right. It flows. Well, here, here's the thing: is we, as we're going through this, and we're painting this picture. I know some people might go, "Okay, this is great, but how do I utilize this in my life?" So, what I'd like to do, because we can go on and on and on, but I want to make this. I, I want to bring you back for a second part to this podcast. Because I, I want to allow people to be able to take this in chunks. And so what I'd like to do is I want to kind of let this one sit. I want to end this podcast segment. And then next week, when the next podcast comes out, I want, I'd love for you and I to go through on how people can take this understanding of the chaos modules and specific steps that they can do to actually be able to utilize it in their favor so that they can actually cooperate with chaos instead of trying to resist it. So are you willing to do that with me, Greg? That would be awesome. And in the meantime, what people can do is take a look at that number you wrote down and start to really, really think about it for the next few weeks, you know, until until the next podcast comes up. Is it going to be next well, week, not, did you say? Yeah, don't say a few weeks. I don't want them to know that we just threw some people <laughs> in chaos. <laughs> I love it. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So, so be thinking about, you know, okay, where am I in my life right now? I'm in that listening phase, awakening, knowing, chaos. And you can even look at the different areas of your life because the next session on this on this of this podcast this thing is going to all come together and gel and you're going to have some really powerful and profound tools but what you're leaving with today is knowing that when chaos comes to visit you learn to embrace it and and in the next in in the second half of this we're going to give you an incredibly powerful tool for how do you actually get on this wild stallion and ride it into your own self-actualization and evolution excellent so thank you for being on this episode, and I look forward to doing the second part. You've been listening to Success Left a Clue with Robert Raymond Riopel, author of the soon-to-be-released book, Success Left a Clue. We hope today's inspiring message brings you closer to your dreams. To access program notes and helpful links, visit successleftaclue.com. Turn your dreams into reality. Please join us again for the next episode of Success Left a Clue.